What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated podcast. Uh, obviously, we've been kind of changing uh, how the podcast has been going. It's not been as like consistently the same thing every week. And I did that for a couple reasons. I only want to have people on the show that I'm excited to have on the show. And I don't just want to be putting out fluff content. So when I can get a guest that I'm interested in speaking with and think you guys will be interested in hearing from, I'm going to have them, but otherwise we're just going to keep doing the uh, Barbell Ambition mixtapes uh, every other week or so with Brandon Bergen of Barbell Bills and 27 Stitches. Um, and then when we get, uh, when I can get a guest on that I'm stoked to have, uh, we're going to do that. So uh, before I get into who we've got on the show today, just want to remind everyone, Patreon page is up and running. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, we also have started an email list. Um, and you should definitely get on there because you will never miss a clothing drop. Uh, we're going to do special deals through there for people who are on the mailing list and give you guys first dibs at, uh, apparel and programming and all this stuff. Um, so you're never the person who's like, Oh fuck, I missed it. Um, and you can get the stuff you want. And also we're doing like cool promotional thing where if you sign up for the email list, you get four free weeks of, uh, of conjugate programming from me, uh, in four separate weekly emails. So you'll get a kind of a test run of how I set things up. All right. So now I'm done with my advertisement on this show. Uh, I'm sitting down with Kevin can. He is a coach based out of Massachusetts. He is a single ply lifter, um, got into gear relatively recently in the past few years here. Um, we have somewhat similar backgrounds with a different approach to the methodology. I saw him compete a few weeks ago, uh, for the first time I've had him on the show before. I had never seen him compete before. Uh, got a chance to see him compete a few weeks ago. Um, and we got to chatting and wanted to have him on the show. Just talk about how training's going. So I'm stoked to have him. Kevin, long intro, but how are you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, dude. appreciate you having me, having this conversation. Hell yeah, dude. Um, so it's been a while since we last talked. Uh, how are things uh, for you? Where are you? Where are you basing your training out of now? I know for a while you were in like kind of a, you're in like a corner of a gym and then you kind of moved around a little bit. So where are you basing, like, I guess your training out of, and what are you doing for your clients currently? Yeah. So, um, before COVID we were at this, uh, it's not, it wasn't a CrossFit gym, but it was set up similar to a CrossFit gym. We kind of took over a corner there. So we had our racks and our bars and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I've been training at this gym. It's called strength discovery and Peabody. So it's like, a 15 minute, um, ride for me. And I train there with a couple of my lifters. Sure. Um, but after COVID we ended up taking everybody and just moving it all online. Uh, it was just hard to get people kind of together again. Like I think COVID making, allowing people to work from home. Some people couldn't, it just changed a lot of schedules. Yep. And for me too, man, I, you know, I'm sure you're, um, you're doing this now, but like sitting at a gym for 60 hours a week, I'd rather gargle with fucking thumbtacks than go uh, back to it's fucking brutal. I just like doing that just made me hate fucking training sometimes when you're just like fucking beaten down from just standing there. It's hot. There's no air conditioning or it's fucking freezing. Um, so I moved it all online and just kind of changed. I kind of wanted to do this anyways. Cause I think one of the things for me and, I'm sure you can relate to this, like growing, like playing sports growing up and stuff. Like you're a student of the fucking game. Like nobody got to being elite at anything because somebody, they just, yes, sir. No, sir. And just did everything that they were told to do. Like, right. You, you got to study film. You got to read books. You got to learn what the people before you did. So I turned it into much more of like an educational format. So we do like weekly meet, uh, bi-weekly meetings. Um, when people ask questions, they become like much more in depth conversations. Like we have a Slack channel and we'll send emails. So it's just more, I want them all to find like, like the, the beauty of conjugate, right. Is it's just, it's a very, it's structured, right. You got your max effort, dynamic effort, whatever. But like at the same time, like make it fit you and what, you know, your needs and, and I'll give you the tools to do that. What you enjoy doing. Like, of course you got to do the stuff that you don't like doing. I think there's life benefits to that, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, over time you just you know you gotta just 
like figure it out care enough to figure it out i can't i can't care more than you yeah and, um, yeah I enjoy it, you know? yeah that's uh an interesting thing i had a um a buddy of mine uh mark Godet. i'm actually coaching him now he's a, a pretty big raw lifter he's getting ready to qualify for the uh, it's like the American pro raw two or something. Uh, he's in raps, but he said to me, he works with younger kids and stuff, athletes. And he said like, uh, you know, he'll tell them like, I'm, I'm the steering wheel. I'm not the engine. Right. So I can direct you, but like you have to have the get up and go. And so, um, what I tell my clients is as far as the, like figure it out thing, I tell them like, I will put in as much as you put in. So if you just want to close your eyes and do what I tell you and you don't care why and you don't care the how, that's totally fine. That makes my job really easy. I just tell you what to do. You shut up, you do it, and we see results or whatever. Uh, but some people really want to know the why. They want to understand. They get more out of it. So then I have those end up having those conversations where you kind of like explain to them like, this is the purpose of this. This is why I think this will work for you or why it won't or whatever. And I think most people, once they experience having a coach that's willing to do that and have the explanations, like they don't want to go back to the other way because they enjoy knowing the why it's like, dude, I want to know if you know why you're doing something, you're going to just get way more out of it. Cause you can like connect the fucking dots. And obviously you like you and I are similar in a way. Like we like to talk about this. This is <laughs> like, I like talking about conjugate. I like talking about training. So when someone's like, I want to learn more, I fucking give it to them. So it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting to hear like someone else say basically the same thing where it's like, let's talk about a, you figuring out what works for you and B like the why uh, on how that, that is. Um, do you do any, stuff in person with your people now or is it a hundred percent online and you just have like your training group that you train with um so i was doing you know the um we'd meet up once a week yeah uh at a, at a different gym on sundays and it'd basically be like a dynamic upper day yeah um there were times where i was meeting a group we were meeting like twice during the week once on the weekends um, I coach Tufts powerlifting too. So I, I do do in-person stuff with them, but oh, it's the mostly, yeah, the college. No, no so, shit. That's cool. Yeah. It's fun. Cause like, I mean, the cool thing about like those kids is it reminds you why you got into the sport. Like they don't fucking know any better. They're not on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they're just lift, lifting weights, having fun, you know, making stupid decisions all the time. Like it, it's a lot of fun and it's like a nice reminder of like, man, eight years ago, I was one of those kids just getting into this sport, you know? And like, I think that yeah, it's refreshing. Yeah. Is that, so is that, um, I'm assuming that's like through like USAPL, like a collegiate aspect of that, or is it, cause I, I know that there are schools that do like, I think UNH has one where it's like everyone competes USAPL and you kind of have to be like associated with that. Or is that is, or is it just like kind of an open club? So they just started, so they don't have their official club, um, like title by the school yet. Yep. Um, so they'll do the USAPL, but one of them, because she graduated uh, a couple weeks ago and she got a job at Apple. So she actually competed with me at that a APF meet, uh, oh, cool. a, a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. uh, so that was her first meet that she did. And like, you know, I'm all for, like, I, I like the idea of the college colleges competing against each other and doing all of that stuff. But like, you know, and I don't want to sound like that guy either, but like, there's just something about, I feel like the USAPL has just become this like very big internet culture. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think the internet's great for a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's like a lot of these people I follow, it's just showing them huffing a fucking bottle of ammonia before a set of five at an RPE six. And like, you never even see them lift the weights. It's all about creating content and like, being part of this, like this guy's tribe that you've never met or got anything out of. And it just filming warm up sets. It's funny at the meet on, uh, that I did Mike, who's my training partner. I, I also coach him or whatever. He turned to me, he goes, you know what? There's no fucking cameras in this warm up room filming. Warm -up. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely like a different culture. I think part of that's like young man's game versus like an older man. Like, 
APF is uh, obviously like that's my Fed of choice. Like I'm a state chair, like whatever. I love competing with the APF. I think they do a great job. It's definitely people think it's like a multiply only federation. It's obviously not. They, you know, but but the the base of it, you know what I mean? Like Ernie Franz and all that stuff. Like you know, like it was is kind of rooted in equipment, and so I feel like it has sort of like more of the older vibe of powerlifting like it's like classic where it's like um not as much frills there's not a guy dressed up like a pirate like you know there's no it's it's kind of just like it's just powerlifting and i i really i that's something that i really like um which is very different from like my personal life because i'm like a wild sort of dude but um i really like what the apf does with like it's very like, you know, the judges look this way, you know, there's certain regulations, but it's not so stiff that it seems like it's the Federation versus the lifter. It seems like with the USAPL, a lot of times that happens, but like when it comes down to it, bro, if you've got 30 kids at some fucking college that wouldn't be powerlifting, if it wasn't for the USAPL, then it's a good thing, you know, it just gets more people into it. Um, Do you have plans to uh kind of like expand out into like you know competing apf and different federations or do you like kind of like your place in the usapl do you enjoy that federation as far as like uh, from a um i, I don't want to talk about like the politics of the sport from like a lifter standpoint though like if you're going to compete like do you enjoy that environment do you have a good time or whatever yeah so um it's funny because like i've had this conversation so many times so i haven't competed in the usapl since January, 2020, then I did USPA meets. Um, so for me, my first USAPL meet, there were like a handful of other equipped lifters. Like it, it was so fucking fun. Um, you know, and it was all people I knew. Right. Um, so like I, I had a ton of fun cause there were other equipped lifters. It was literally the last time I'd hit a PR before this previous meet. And then I switched over to the USPA cause I had some, so like, man, I got like jumped on a fricking comment thread on, and it was all like USAPL fucking lifters, man. And they're, they're like my judges, my spotters and loaders. And it's like, man, if I go to a meet and one of these fuckers gives me a red light, I'm, I'm going to drop kick him in the face and I'm going to get thrown out of the fucking thing. <laughs> anyway. Like I'll just go somewhere else. So I did the USPA, which I enjoyed, but like, Man, sometimes one being the only equipped lifter fucking sucks. Yeah, they look a little deeper, a little harder, and then like the rules. So like basically, it was just me trying not to get thrown out of my gear, trying to squat so fucking deep all the time. My back's always hurting me. Yeah, and so I was having this conversation. Um, I was going to do their nationals in Vegas, and so that was in July. So this is probably like around March maybe February. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. Like I'd like to compete with more equipped lifters where there's more equipped judging. There's, um, and it's just like, a, it's a different, it's just a different community. It's, yeah. you know, we should yeah. run with that. And so then I was like, man, what do I really want out of lifting? It's like, man, I'll do nationals, but I want to go some, I don't want to go to the fucking desert in July again. I've done that two years in a row. Let's, <laughs> I look at AAPF or in the APF webpage and I'm like, Montana, sign me up. I'm doing the fucking APF. And so I get there and it's like, you know, and Bear's like, oh yeah, it's a whole equipped flight. I'm like, I've never been in a whole equipped flight. I've been lifting in equipment for four years. (laughs) I've never been in a whole equipped flight. I'm like, that's fucking sick. Yeah. You know, And, and I had a lot of fun and it's like, it is, everybody's helping each other. Everybody needs each other. Like, um, so I really enjoyed it. So I'll stick around with the APF just cause it's, one, there's more meats yeah. uh, in this area than the other than the other two feds. And uh, yeah, I think that there's kind of like I think the USAPL and the USPA does a really good job with like their structure for like you know like regionals, nationals, worlds, like that sort of stuff. And the APF does a pretty good job with that too. I think um, that was something that kind of drew me to it away from like the SPF, IPA, like type stuff where it's like you know, to compete at nationals, you have to have this total, you have to have this gloss, like whatever it may be. Um, and then you can go to nationals. And if you go to nationals and you place top, whatever you get to go to worlds. And there's like a system to it where it's like sport, like 
you grew up playing sport. I think a big separator in powerlifting is you can look at people and you can see how they act and see what they like and what they want out of the sport. And you can say, okay, you played sports growing up and you fucking did it because the people who played sports for the most part are the people who are like, yo, like, let's get a schedule. Like, okay, regionals, nationals, worlds. Okay, cool. And then let's also have like very defined rules on like what you need to do for each one and so on and so forth. Instead of just having this thing where it's just like, I want to go and lift, you know, with my friends and fuck around and whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you can definitely see the difference. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, cause that's what always kind of drew me into the USAPL in the first place was there, it was just, there was just more competition. Obviously I started raw, mm-hmm. um, and that's where most of the raw lifting was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, especially in Massachusetts with all the colleges and stuff, there were just a, a lot of USAPL lifters. The access, um, the access point is way easier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of them start in college too, right? So that's just what they know. So they kind of mm-hmm. um, stick with it. And like one of the things that I told the, so the girl, her name was Dana from Tufts who competed. I was like, hey, the cool thing that you're going to see here is you're going to see all different aspects of the sport in one meet, which I don't think you get in a lot a lot of places, if any, maybe an RPS meet occasionally, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're going to see an 1100 pound squat. You're going to see a lot of multiply lifters. You're going to see a couple single ply lifters. You're going to see some raw lifters. You're going to see some old people, some young people, some in between people, some people's first meets, some people's 10th meets. Like you, you get everything in one spot. And, you know, I think the cool part of powerlifting is there are multiple cultures within the, the one little niche sport. And, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate we all don't get along and stuff. But uh. <laughs> Well, dude, but this is the thing, though, right? Like, uh, I think Panora posted about it recently where it's like uh, powerlifting has, like, always been, like, inclusive. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always been, like, we don't – I don't give a fuck. Like, cops train with criminals and fucking, like – you know what I mean? Like fat guys train with jacked guys and girls train with guys and there's a fucking gay guy and who cares and whatever. It's just like, it's like the, because it's such a finite, like there's no subjectiveness to power. It's like, did you fucking lift it? Like how much weight did you lift? You lifted 500 pounds. Okay. Well that dude's stronger than you. Cause he lifted 505. Like, and there's just like this definitive, whereas that's like, it's like basketball. Like how many times are we going to listen to the fucking LeBron or Jordan thing? Like, it's like, okay, it's so fucking subjective. So you, there's a certain type of person who's going to be drawn to something that's kind of like nuanced and you know, well, this guy's better because of this and the time frame and the air and all this stuff with powerlifting. Nobody gives a fuck. It's like a thousand pounds is a thousand pounds for everyone. And you're like race, gender, fucking whatever like social economic background like it doesn't matter it's just it's the same for everyone so like uh, to your point i really like you know the meets that we put on up here and, and bear does a good job with his too and um you know up in maine dynamax they do a great job too it's like seeing the eclecticness of it and there's like it's not one multiply guy and fucking 30 raw people or reverse of that. It's like there's five or six of each, you know? And then I think that that's probably was really good for your athlete to see all that. Cause like you said, like they don't fucking know that it's like when you're 20 years old or 19, like you're in a, an echo chamber and the only thing you know is what you see. You're not going to seek out. Like I doubt that that girl's going online and being like, what is multiply powerlifting? You know what I mean? It's like, she's just going to see a bunch of sweaty dudes putting on penguin suits for the first time. And you know what I mean? It's like, which is yeah. cool. Cause a lot of times it opens your eyes. Like, uh, the first time I saw someone in equipment, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do that. And I had no idea what it was until I had seen it. It's the first time that, uh, so I was in a gym that had a mostly multiply lifters. So even like when I had started my first training group, were all like multiply guys. Sick. And, uh, yeah. So like, I mean, it, it was really cool in a way too. Cause like, you're looking like one of the guys that squatted like a thousand pounds or something. And it's like, man, I didn't know that was fucking possible. <laughs> and like, you said, like gravity's fucking gravity. It doesn't matter where you're, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. you know, as you're on fucking earth here, it's the, it's the same for everybody. And it's like, it really like opened up my eyes to being like, Hey, if that guy can do it. I can, you know, I mean, he's taken off like fucking six plates to put like 155 pounds on a bar for me to squat for triples or whatever the fuck I was doing. You know, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't fucking care. None of them cared. They were supportive. They taught me and like, it felt like a team sport, like the having a training crew that you met with at the same time, the older guys helping the younger guys, the, you know, it was just, uh, I wouldn't be in the sport today if it wasn't for those experiences then. Sure. Like I couldn't imagine just walking into a gym being like, yo, I'm going to do powerlifting now. I'm going to grab a, <laughs> grab my headphones. I'm going to grab my SBD singlet that I'm going to wear as I fucking train. And I'm going to train by myself for three hours, four days a week. Like I, I just, it just, it, to me, it's not anything I would ever want to do or ever stick with. And same with gear, like raw lifting's fucking boring, man. And like, I was at the program and I'm all beat up. This shit's fucking sucks. Like, let me try something new. And so, you know, I, I, I mean, I had friends that were just like, dude, get into single ply, get into single ply. And finally I just broke down and just fucking bought everything. And just, <laughs> you remember when I, uh, dude, I was, <laughs> I was just going to bring it up. It came up on, um, my time hop, like a little while ago, it came up me just like, laughing just like it just like you had sent me some video it's like you can tell like the shirt's not all the way on your elbows are like way tucked in you're trying to like get this and i'm just like me and val are just fucking dying because it's like i know what it feels like to like put that shit on and be like i might as well be on mars i have no fucking idea what's going on and it's just funny because like people feel that feeling, right? Like you, you had that feeling where you had this day of like, you know, what am I fucking doing here? Like, this is insane. And some people run from that, but you sort of seemed to run towards it. And I had the same, I had the same feeling. Like I tried it first time I got in a squat suit. My best squat ever was 675. First time I got in a squat suit, I squatted 705, like easy and was like, Oh, okay. Like I get this. But then the first time I put in a bench shirt, I missed five pounds less than I had benched raw. And I was like, okay, I got to figure something out here. This is fucking insane. You know, um, what, what was it about like equipment that made you go towards like the difficult thing? Like, I know you've had, um, like trials and tribulations in your life. Like, you know what I mean? Like I know some of your backstory, so I know you're a, a tough guy and you've been through the bullshit. Um, what made you, if anything, did that like correlate or is that something that's, that drove you towards like the difficult thing? So, uh, well, one, that bench shirt was a size 34 and I wear a 44. Like that's how, <laughs> uh, it, was measured, it was measured wrong, but I, I, you know, for the, on the fucking record, I got that shit on me. And it, was, <laughs> dude, it took an hour and a half to get on number one. And then when I was trying to get it off, like at one point, literally like my stepdad's in the gym, it's still stuck in my arms. I got it off over my head. Obviously he's standing in the middle of it and it's not getting, getting even, it's not even moving down my forearms. I almost was like, call 911 and fucking cut this shit off. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Those moments of like, am I gonna, I guess I live in this bench shirt now. This is just how <laughs> yeah. I exist. I'm driving home with this fucker. Yeah. This is life now. <laughs> Uh, but I think like for me, because it was, it actually felt like a sport. Like it felt like a skill. It was hard. It reminded me, you know, the first time doing jujitsu or, you know, even like playing soccer. I mean, I started soccer as, you know, a five-year-old kid. So you just, you kind of grow with the sport and you don't really necessarily experience the same things. Mm -hmm. Like when you get into something as an adult and all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, this is fucking hard. Like this is going to take some where like anybody can just lay on a bench and bench press, right? Like, you know, to me, it just, it felt more like a sport. And yeah, I think in terms of like, you know, I, I think for any of us that experience like more difficult things in life, like your sensations of pain are just a little bit different. Like you're not like, I know for me, I'm not going to run from it cause it fucking hurts. Like, right. You know, I did MMA for over 10 years, man. Like and punched in the face fucking hurts. <laughs> but there's what really drew me to that sport too, is just, there's so much skill involved. There's so many, there's so many aspects of it that you, that you need to learn. And I feel like, 
equipped powerlifting is like that. It's a fucking sport. Like, I mean, I went into my first USAPL meet. I'm like, I haven't even hit depth in this fucking squat suit. Sometimes I touch in bench close to 400 pounds in the bench shirt. Other times I can't even get anywhere near like the mid three hundreds. And then the deadlift, the deadlift was fine. But, um, my first meet, so I'm in the, uh, I'm warming up, put my shirt on. Um, uh, my last warm up was like three fifteen or some shit. I missed my last warm up in the, um, in my first equipped meet and big Joe cap turns. He goes, I bet you want to get out of that bench shirt. Now I'm like, shut up. You fat. <laughs> so like, uh, your boy, Eric was handling me <laughs> at this meet. I'm like, well, I guess we're going to go try to do that with 20 more. Yeah, we gonna see. <laughs> I ended up going three for three. And every one of them was like a fucking grind on that platform. And like, for me, I think like experiencing that and just being like, Hey, you had to make some adjustments. You had to, like, I didn't know how to like jack the collar in a way that makes me more comfortable or that makes it easier to touch. Like I I was just in the shirt, you know? Um, so like, it just, it was just, it felt more like a sport. Cause like warmups, I missed one. And then you're adjusting the shirt. You're, you know, it, it just, to me, it was that moment there was the bench at that meet that I was like, yeah, this is, this is definitely for me. Yeah. And, and the, the adjustment thing, I tell people that all the time where it's like, if I have someone, you know, like, uh, let's say I have someone who's a 600 pound squatter and they're warming up to it. So we, we know they're going to be going like high fives at least. Right. And it's like, they take 400. It's the first one in their suit or first one in briefs, whatever. And it looks like shit and it's hard. And they look at you and you're just like, it's okay. You got a little too wide on that. Put a little too much strap. We're going to loosen the strap, scoot your feet in. The next one's going to be easier. You're just going to adjust and keep going. You got to just move past that. And with equipped powerlifting, you have to be able to make that adjustment much like, um, you know, much like MMA. You're saying like, I just finished watching that new uh, McGregor documentary and he's talking about, I think it was the first Poirier fight where they just like got destroyed with these leg kicks and he's like, I didn't make the fucking adjustment. Like, I, I needed to make an adjustment mid-fight. And with powerlifting and equipment, you have to be ready for that shit. Because it's like, the other thing is like, what if you catch a fucking seven or eight pound bloat the night before? Like, you know, can you fucking, do you know that like, why am I getting bent over in my fucking squat? It's like, well, because your straps are too fucking tight because you're fat right now. Okay, loosen the straps. There's like so many different elements to it. And I fucking love that part of it because you can kind of just get like lost in the weeds of like, how can I adjust this? How can I do this? And it's like, turns into this like mathematical thing where you're trying to like figure out all these different aspects of it. And then by the same exact token, sometimes you just have to step out there and lift the weights cause you know how to do it. And, and, yeah. and, and I like, I like that aspect of, I like the duality of that where you can't just go full dick asshole mode all the time. Cause that's not going to help you with weights that your literal body can't handle, but also you can't get lost in the sauce when it comes to like, Oh, well my, I, I made lines on my chest for where, for each attempt of my collar or my bench. It's like, no, you got to go by, just go by field, go fucking bench press. You're going to be fine. And you get, you see people get caught up in both of those areas. And it's like the one guy who's like every squat looks like a fucking grind that he's going to die. Cause he just like walks up to the bar and he's spitting all over it and going fucking crazy. And then the other person who has marks on their canvas for where the straps go for each attempt, it's like, buddy, like, let's not turn this into a dorky thing, right? Like, let's <laughs> just put your fucking straps on and go. Um, do you, uh, let's talk about that meat, bro. Like you had a pretty good meat the other day. Like um, you said you hadn't had PRs in a while. And um, I don't, how old are you, Kevin? I forget. I'll be 40 in a month and a half. Okay. So back nine of your athletic career when it comes to making like serious yeah. big, big gains. And I'm, I'm in the same spot. Too. I'm going to be 38 in November. You know, you're on the fucking, you're on the back nine, no matter how you might be on the 10th hole, but you're definitely on the back nine. And um, so when you start missing PRs and all that stuff, I'm sure that kind of creeps into your subconscious. Like what was up with this meat? Like speak on like your prep for it and all that. 
so yeah and that's it like and the thing is like i played soccer through college and i was on multiple club teams so the amount of like where i got there and then mma for over 10 years like i had blown out my fucking bicep i'd broken my tibia my wrist my foot had my ear almost torn off like uh, my body's been through the ringer and when i started lifting i was only like 170 pounds and i had never really the thing is is like playing soccer and then fighting all the time like my joints couldn't handle fucking squatting with a straight bar man like it just it just wasn't happening mm -hmm. so i literally didn't put a bar on my back till i was 32 years old holy shit yeah and even in the beginning of it like before my first meet my hip i couldn't even like fucking pull a sumo deadlift i was pulling sumo and then two weeks out of my first meet i'm testing my deadlift and i'm like i'm just gonna pull conventional and the guy I worked for, he's like, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, it's either that or I don't fucking pull. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> fucking yank a deadlift PR at this meeting. He's my side judge. And I was like, fuck you, motherfucker. And I was like, that, that's a PR and that's fucking conventional. Um, so, you know, I battled, I think, a lot of times just being like, man, I squatted 315 in my first meet. And that's all I wanted to do because I was squatting like the mid 200s. Like, I. I wasn't good at this. And it's the first thing I was, I did that. I wasn't good at, mm -hmm. um, but like my elbows were always bothering me. My hips were always bothering me. Obviously I worked with Shaco. So I was learning a lot. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed my crew. So of course that's why I stuck with it. Um, then finally, like I made the decision to get into gear. I got loose gear. I still wear pretty loose gear. Um, now I have like, 7,000 bench shirts because it's not me. That's the problem. It's definitely the bench shirt. <laughs> but, like you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I felt better training like in, in the gear. So, I, you know, I do want to make sure that that's like stated, but I'll tell you back last August I was benching. So January, 2020 do my first equipped meet. I go eight for nine. I hit, you know, get on the board with, the equip stuff, COVID happens. I'm training out of fucking garages and basements. Um, and it was just, I mean, COVID was tough, man. Like from a psychological perspective, like dealing with the business stuff. Oh yeah. Not being in real places. Like, you know, I think people kind of brush that, those issues aside too. And then I go and do my first USPA meet. All my numbers are way fucking down. Um, I go one for three on squats one for three or two for three on bench hit all my deadlifts, but it was way less than I had pulled before. These are strength issues or judging issues. So, I mean, I think I got hosed. I mean, I, I don't think I could have put a squat deeper than I did on my third on, um, at this meet, but Hey, I mean, I, it was two to one reds to whites. It wasn't where it needed to fucking be. I probably need to shorten up my stance a little bit to hit that depth that they were looking for. And I didn't make, I didn't make that adjustment ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, dude, this squat was a fucking 10. I was like, I'm just putting the weight on the bar. I don't fucking care. And like, I'll hit it or I won't, but I want this PR. And then I went out to bench and I don't even know what happened. I just, I mean, it was like 50, 60 pounds less. And to be honest, like, I think the stress of COVID, I just wasn't dealing, like I had a lot of personal shit going on. It's, it's a trigger for me. Like there was a point in time where like, you know, I'm fired from my job. I'm on fucking house arrest. I, I have a newborn at home. Like, you know, I, I think for me, it just like brought me back to that same, like, Oh fuck moment. And then, you know, I hit the deadlifts I needed to. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do nationals. I'm going to travel for a meet, do stuff that like I coach people to do. Cause I want to, I want to experience it. I go out there, I'm watching their fucking squats do it. I'm like, Holy shit. Good thing. I've lost like 10 pounds by not training. And now I'm <laughs> lose so I can hit depth. Um, but I was getting tossed out of my fucking suit at the bottom. And it was just like that. Oh shit. Spinning around fucking, <laughs> I'm fucking die. <laughs> my, I got uneven lockout on my second attempt for bench at nationals came back and smoked it on my fucking third. That was just, I just, that was a technique thing. And then I hit my first 600 pound deadlift. So it was like, you could kind of see coming out of it. Yeah. Um, and then I got into training and then last August I'm bringing down a bench press and all I hear is snap and this fucking pain on the inside of my elbow. I turned to my training partner. I was like, I just tore my fucking tricep. I was like, motherfucker. So 
I go get it checked out. So the medial tricep head actually doesn't connect to the big tricep tendon. So he basically was like, cause there was an avulsion fracture. So it was like, once the bone heals, he's like, that should be fine. So he's like, give it a go in like six to eight weeks. So of course, six weeks, cause I'm not the average person. I heal faster. <laughs> I decided, this is, this is the right time. Bring it down. Snap. Did the exact same thing again. So I actually had to take four months off from being in my shirt at all. Holy shit. Yeah. So I didn't, um, really get into the shirt and do much with it until maybe 10 weeks out from this meet. And I was, I was a little worried about it. Um, more so from like, is my elbow gonna hold up? So, you know, I did the two board, worked it down every three weeks type of thing. And then I was like, man, I haven't touched in a fucking shirt in eight, nine months. So I decided that I was just gonna, I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to end the shirt every other week. I, I'm just going to bite down on my mouthpiece and hold my elbow holds fucking together. I'm going to hit a triple in the shirt touch. I'm going to hit a double in the shirt and then I'm going to take a single wherever around a second attempt before the meet. And, uh, so, um, I wear a, um, it's called an Oni. It's a Japanese single ply shirt. It's very similar to a Katana. Um, but the chest plate's a little stretchier. So I just have a, and it's a little bit bigger. So like the way that somebody explained like benching in a katana to me was trying to thread a needle wearing beer goggles. And so like where the Oni has a bigger bubble, I can kind of touch a little bit easier, especially with the lighter weights. Sure. So I'm wearing that and it's like, man, I'm struggling to touch anything that's not near like what my best at a fucking meet is. And so I think I was doing doubles and then I was like, fuck it. I took that shirt off. This is kind of what I did at the meet. I put another shirt on because like I said, it's not me. It's a bench shirt. Um, (laughs) I put the F six on, which is more like a raw groove anyways. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to see what happens. So I made sure it was on. And then I tripled what I doubled in the last year. I'm like, I'm going to fucking wear this. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) And I took a double in it. I hit an all time PR a few weeks later. Felt good about that. Um, going into the meet for, you know, and, I, and I'll say, I think too, when I'm doing a lot of raw training, like I had to, it just, the F6 is just a better shirt for me because it's the same groove. It's building the same fucking stuff where if I have to like really force a belly touch or something, like I need to be in that shirt more to be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for squats, same thing. Like I've been hovering around the same fucking weights and like, all of a sudden I'm hitting like SSB fucking low box squats at like around my fucking best ever comp squats. And I'm like, this feels fucking good. And this feels fucking easy. And then deadlifts were just kind of like floating around. So I ended up hitting my first PRs on squats and bench in three and a half years. And, and these were huge PRs in the gym. Like my squat was like 40 pounds more or something. Mm -hmm. And my bench was a five pound all time PR, but I had hit, five pounds less and then never even got fucking close to it again. I don't even know what fucking happened. Um, like <laughs> just one of those days where the shirt must've been on me. Right. And everything just fucking clicks. But I wasn't, I didn't understand the shirt enough to really understand what was happening at that moment. Sure. So it just, it just happened without me being able to actually like turn it into something tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told myself, cause I'm like, man, it's hard to not put that 40 pound PR on there just to be like, see these last three and a half years weren't a waste or to put that 30 pound bench PR on there. And I told myself, you know what? You've gone one for three on squats in your last few meets. You've missed a bench every fucking time. You've never gone nine for nine. Not that I really care about going nine for nine, but like if I do, there's going to be a a solid total PR there. So I'm like, you know what? No more than five kilo PRs on each fucking lift. So Mm -hmm. five kilos on the fucking squat five kilos on the bench press. If you're eight for eight, cause I, I didn't hit that deadlift PR in training. I was, it was just one of those that like, if I'm eight for eight, I got some momentum. I'm feeling good. I'm going to, I'll throw the PR on the bar and I'd rather go eight for nine and miss a PR than go nine for nine. Just to say I went nine for nine. So. Sure. 
Sure. Yeah. Went out there and like every time I smoked my second attempt and, it, <clears throat> and like I told Mike beforehand, I'm like, dude, don't even fucking ask me. Cause I'm going to get caught in a moment and say something. Just put the five fucking kilos on the, <laughs> yeah. the, five, <laughs> on the bar. And so I ended up going nine for nine. I hit that deadlift PR hit a, it was like a 40 pound total PR. I felt good. I was able to get back into training and dude, it's just, I think we talked about this at the meet. It's just like getting a monkey off your back. Yeah. Like when you haven't scored a goal in a while. Yep. Right. And like, you just, you just got to see it. Even if it bounces off a defender or like, yeah. you know, Dude, it's not anything. Anything. you just need to see it. You need to see it go in the back of the fucking net. And that's all I needed to do. Yeah. And anything, dude, it's like you get the positives rolling. And then it's funny, dude, cause you go into a meet like that and you're like, I just want to survive. I just want to survive. I want to just do easy, small PRs. And I just want to make it through. And those are the meets that you end up putting together like a good total because it's the whole day and your emotions are not through the roof. And it, you put together the whole day. I had a very similar experience at uh, Super Finals, uh, let's see, last year where it was like, okay, like I've bombed out of two of my last three multiple. I've, I've bombed out of two of my last meets. And the only meet that I haven't bombed out of was a fucking single ply meet. So I have to fucking do something here, you know? And it's like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to make small jumps. My, I had planned to go, uh, like, I think it was like 1025, then go to like 1070, then 11. And I was like, I got to the day and I go 10, I was like 1025. And I was like, you know what? Just give me 58. Just give me 1058. That's a five pound WPO PR. Cool. Took it. Went 1085, missed on depth, whatever. And then we get into the bench shirt, and it was like I had my, my plan was I had a tight bench shirt, loose bench shirt. So I was like, all right, warm up with the tight bench shirt to a one board, put on the loose bench shirt, go out, take my opener, put the tight bench shirt back on, make a big jump. Um, but I felt like kind of shitty, so I warm up in the tight one, put the loose one on, opened with like 611 and or six, yeah, something like that. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, <clears throat> I'm just going to stay in the loose bencher. And I made 11 pound jumps from my first to second, my second to third. And everyone's sitting there like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know what I mean? Like nobody makes 11 pound jumps and multiply me as a fucking 275, you know? But it was one of those things where I was like, I'm just trying to put my fucking day together here. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I ended up with like a five pound WPO bench PR and then went to the deadlifts, pulled a five pound. Like I pulled my second one. I forget what it was. My, my best ever is 771. And I, I pulled my second one was like 738 or something. And my buddy's like, fucking dude, go to 780. And I'm like, nope, give me 760. Cause that's five pounds more than I've ever pulled in a WPO meet. Fuck it. Give it to me. Gives it to me. So I ended up going eight for nine in that meet, which I've never fucking done before. Um, and what it did, you know, long story long, what it did was it set me up for the next, so that was super, so come back around to this year, semifinals, where I went into that meet with like supreme confidence that I could take small five pound PRs and put together a good total. And I did, and I ended up winning semifinals because of that, because I made like these smart decisions instead of like taking a big dick swing on one of them and leaving some pounds on the, on the table. But it's like, it's exactly what we spoke about at the meet. It's like, you get the momentum going like now you getting ready for your next meet, whenever that may be, you've got in the back of your head that like at the end of the day, you know that if you show up to that meet with huge goals and you want to have 50 pound PRs on everything, you know, at the end of the day, you can get out of there with a five pound PR and everything and have a great day or a five kilo uh, PR and everything and have a great day. And, and like, I think experiencing that, cause it's like, as a coach, right. You're probably telling people don't be emotional with your decision-making, but no. put us in a fucking meat situation. I'm only emotions. Like I'm competitive. Uh, you know, that's how I am. And you seem to be the same way where it's like, don't fucking just don't tell me, just give me the five pound PR shut. Don't let me make a stupid fucking decision. <laughs> like, and then it, I think that will carry over going forward as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think oftentimes people overlook the importance of momentum in all sports, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's really hard to gain really easy to lose. 
And so like now you're going into the WPO finals on the back of two solid meets, right? Confidence is not going to be higher. And we know confidence is important for competing and like, you're going to have a better opportunity. And like it, one, two, I mean, at the end of the day, like we're all doing this for fun and it just, it, when you have momentum, training is a lot more fun. It's easier to recover from. It's yeah. like, you know, I, I remember when I first started, I, this might be a Dave Tate quote or somebody had said this to me though. They were like, you know, don't talk about a 10 pound miss where you can talk about a five pound make. And then I, you know, I remember some of the older guys always being like, dude, a PR is a PR, whether it's fucking two and a half pounds or 40 pounds of PR is a PR. And like that never really like struck me as anything until like more recently, like when I went through a really long stretch of not hitting a PR, it's like, now I get it. Now I get that, you know, PR is a, a PR is a PR, like whether it's five pounds or 40 pounds. And you'll do like, anything for dude. When you're not getting them, a five pound PR is like fucking purified, like rarefied air. Like it is like, you, like fucking when you're not making progress and it's been however long since you've made a fucking, like not a, like, body weight PR, not a fucking whatever Tuesday, like when you're not, when you haven't made a real PR in a long time, it's like, you'd do anything to do it. Um, but it's like when you're in the moment and you're making like the 50 pound, you wish it was 55, you know, it's like, it's hard to kind of see the forest for the trees. Like I've definitely gone through that these past year and a half because I've been banged up and moving and stress and all this stuff. And, uh, when you start making the small five pound jumps again, all of a sudden you're like, so I just have such an extreme amount of like gratefulness that I can still do it. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's coming bro for both of us. The day yeah. of like the last big day, like it's, it's, it's approaching, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's like, when it's like, you know, when I tore my pec last year, it's like, Am I ever going to bench something cool again? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Like, I have no fucking idea. It's kind of late in the game. We got to figure it out. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm never through that process. And I'd love to know if you feel the same way. Through that process of having like the extreme lows and the downtime and the, 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 the like stopped, halted progress, I'm grateful every fucking time I get to touch a barbell now. Like I just feel like Sundays are our like secondary bench day. And I used to just go through there, go in the moat, go through the motions. And now like every Sunday I'm fucking so grateful to be able to build my total and like get in there and do what I love. But that doesn't really happen unless you have the times without it. Yeah. I, I mean, I a hundred percent and I, I feel, you know, most people quit the sport after like three to five years. And I think it's because of those lulls, right? Yeah. I, I know, well, this is my guess is that you're going to be similar to me. Like me not getting those PRs. It's like, all right, that means I'm going to take one more fucking max effort lift no matter what. If my nose isn't fucking bleeding and I'm not cross-eyed by the fucking end of it, I didn't go fucking hard enough. <laughs> and it, it just like, and one of the things I tell my lifters all the time, so the first law of holes is when you realize you're in one, stop digging. Yes. I just kept digging a fucking bigger and bigger hole. And, it's like, and every time I'm like, I'm like, I'll adapt, just push through, just push through. And like, for me, it just became this, um, I think this like realization that like, man, when things were going poorly in other sports, what did you do? You didn't just go fucking scrimmage or just go do a bunch of fucking rounds. You got back to the fucking basics. You got back to the things that fucking get you there. Yeah. So I ended up, um, so I'm like, man, I need to put more focus, more energy into the things that are going to build that fucking, those fundamentals that are going to build that base. The stuff that I never did because I didn't build a base doing playing soccer or the MMA stuff in terms of like lifting weights. I didn't do much of that. Mm -hmm. If any, like it might be some, you know, Bulgarian split squats or something. So I, uh, that's when I visited Louie out in West side. I wanted to learn more about the GPP stuff, how they do their accessories. And like, I realized I'm like, man, this is where I need to be putting my energy. It's not the fucking main stuff that I'm so fucking worried about all the time. I need to do the accessories, do it with 
intent, have a fucking purpose behind it and just fucking log it every single day. So I made my lifters read this book. It's called chop wood, carry water. So this guy wants to be a samurai archer, but his coach is always like chop wood and carry water. He's like, I don't understand how this is going to make me better. Chop wood and carry water. And then, you know, for 10 years, you keep chopping wood, carrying water, chop wood, carry water. And like, it's something that's always like stuck with me playing other sports. Like it's those basics, right? Doing the fucking little things. And so one of the things that I, uh, I try to really get to the group. Cause I think this happened for me is like, when you do your accessory work, you're, you're putting your ego aside. Nobody gives a fuck about your easy bar curl tricep extensions with fucking bands. Nobody fucking cares. Nobody's giving you a good job at that. A boy. It's something you're doing because you fucking care. Preach. And, uh, and when you have that fucking purpose on doing the things behind the scenes, the unsexy stuff that actually makes the sexy stuff fucking sexy. Like, that's the stuff that fucking matters. So like I, I made sure I was like, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit to every fucking rep I do in the gym. I'm not, I'm going to stop being a fucking dickhead um, on my max effort stuff. I'm literally going to just, you know, have a plan going in. And if this feels like this, I'll take one more. If it doesn't, there's no fucking adjusting. You just move the fuck on and go do something else. Yep. Um, Cause I don't need, I didn't need more of that. Um, and I'll tell you, man, just, I don't know if it was the accessory work, the change of attitude, the combination of both. Um, I ended up working with Laura Phelps for the last few months too. Oh, yep. Just because like, I don't want to even think about my train. Tell, tell me what to do because at the end of the day, the, I'm going to show up. I'm going to commit to my reps. I'm going to give my effort. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do all the things that, you know, I'm going to chop wood and carry water for myself. Like, yes. um, and honestly, like I think more than anything, that like more than me measuring my fucking speeds on dynamic day, measuring my fucking band tension, getting the right max effort lifts. Like it's just, it's that attitude. It's that consistent effort. And I think, you know, one of the things that for me, like with those PRs, there's like a difference between like happiness and fulfillment where like happiness is this like in the moment, like, yeah, I'm fucking happy. I just hit a PR, but there's a fulfillment knowing that like, Hey, none of you saw what went on behind the scenes. And like, for me, it's like last year and a half of going to therapy, working through my fucking shit. It's hitting my fucking accessory work, hitting it with intent and purpose, not just going through the fucking motions. It's doing all of the stuff that nobody sees. So like they see that five pound PR and that'll get all the fucking likes and everybody be like, Hey, great job. Nobody's telling you a good job as you're fucking going through the fucking weeds to get to that point. But that's the stuff that fucking matters. And like, to me, that's, that's like looking back the last year and a half or so that I've actually like focused on that almost two years now, focused on that, put that process in, in effect. Like for me, I, I know I'm on the back nine, but I feel being wiser and being smarter. Like I, I think as a kid, I could just outwork fucking anybody. Right. It's like my, yeah. when purpose is greater than pain. Right. And like my purpose of getting out of an abusive home as a kid, getting a, getting a way to go to college or like when your purpose is greater than pain. You'll fucking go through anything. And knowing that, like I had a strong purpose and like, now I feel, you know, you can't just outwork everybody. Cause I'm, I'm fucking older. It just, I'm snapping bones off my fucking body. I mean, tendons off my body too frequently. Like I, I've had surgeries. I can't do that anymore. I have to be smarter, but because I'm wiser, I have more intent with the things that I'm doing. Everything has a fucking purpose. There's no wasted fucking energy. Like, even though I'm on the back nine, I think I have the ability. And I look at people like, you know, there's a few people in my circle that hit PRs in their fifties. Uh, Lou had his biggest squat when he was 50 something years old. Like, and that guy was broken as fuck. Right. Like to me, it's like, man, I want to hit my biggest total in my fucking fifties, but uh, here are the things I need to do. I need to be smart. The volume. It's not just like, I can't just grab a straight bar and just squat my way to it. Like no. I have to be with it i have to have intent i have to have purpose i have to do all of those other all, all of those other things and like to me i feel like i still got you know i didn't pick up a bar till i'm 32 so even though my body's beaten up maybe not so much by powerlifting, maybe i can get tighter gear i can squeak something out of it get better in a bench shirt get a tighter bench shirt whatever um you know and i think that like that hope of being able to get better will kind of hopefully drive that process and, you know, knock on wood. I stay in one fucking piece. <laughs> that's a big one, right? Like, it's like, you got to outlast people. That's what I tell. That's what I tell. Like I have a, a lifter, uh, who's, who's a little younger and 
he's very young, he's still in high school, and he, uh, you know, he sends me a video of some young kid pulling like 800. And he's like, this fucking guy. And I'm like, listen, dude, let me tell you something. That person will likely not be lifting in three years. Okay. That person, you, you have a huge runway, dude. I go, you could take five years off, come back to this sport, and you would be starting almost five years before I ever started. And I think I'm pretty good at this. So you have tons of time, dude. Don't worry about the noise. Just do the small things and build on it and just keep doing and keep going. And I feel like um, – with the, with the younger kids, they need to like figure out how to just like put their head down and work. And then for the older heads like us, like, it's like, we need to put the work in where we need to. But also it's like, if I can't tell you why I'm doing something, I'm not going to do it. Right. So it's like, if I'm just like going through the motions of push downs or something, I'm just, I'm just going to stop doing them because it's just like, why would you take your old truck lift the fucking wheels off the ground and put the pedal down. You're not going anywhere. You're just beating the shit out of your truck for no fucking reason. Right. So to me, I feel like any movement that doesn't have like a very specific reason for myself, I will fucking, I don't do it. Um, but like with my lifters, I'll have them do stuff that I'm literally having them do it because I want to like make them tougher, you know, like have them earn their stripes type of thing where it's like, no, you don't get to tell me your back is sore, dude. Is it, is it hurt? No. Okay. Shut up. Do your reverse hypers and fucking go home and eat until you can't anymore than sleep. Like, whereas as you, like me, if I get on a reverse hyper and I feel something pinch in my back, I'm going home. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm done with it, I, I, but I've paid my dues with that. So it's really interesting, man. It's really refreshing. I love hearing like, um, different perspectives that are like kind of aligned with, with things that I, feel and have experienced, but just like in a slightly different realm. So, um, it's been really cool to, to hear, hear you talk about the past couple of years of struggle, man, because I think a lot of people, like you said, they quit when that gets hard. It's like, Oh, I had two bad meats. It's like, you had two bad meats. Try two bad fucking years, bro. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like you're going to have like Coker said that years of me, like years ago to me, he's like, I bombed out of a meet. And he's like, the longer you do this, the more that shit's going to happen, bro. Like, you're going to have bad training days, training weeks, training months, training years. But if you keep going, you're going to, you know, you'll be fine. And, you know, Hoff always said, like, just keep swinging, dude. Like, a lot of stuff people don't realize Hoff is like, it took him four years to go from a thousand pound bench to a thousand five. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Four fucking years, dude. And like, he went from, dude, that motherfucker went from squatting 1210 to, not being able to squat the bar because his leg was so fucked up and his first meet back from that, he opened with like a thousand forty. He's like, dude, I hadn't opened with a thousand forty in like ten years. And he had to like humble himself and rebuild and then fucking four years later, five years later, he squats twelve seventy three. So it's like if those dudes at that level can do that, then like anyone can take the minute to be like, all right, this year is a rebuilding year. I feel like shit. I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep going and eventually things will turn around. So, um, dude, I want to thank you so much for spending time. I know you're a busy guy, so I really appreciate it. Do you want to give like uh, social media where people can reach you all that stuff? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's KWCAN. Um, our powerlifting team is precision powerlifting systems. We're on Instagram. That's basically all that I, uh, all that I have bandwidth for or whatever. And I appreciate you having me on. I love, you know, like you said in the beginning, I love talking about this shit and, you know, it's always good to talk with somebody else who's been doing it for a long time. And, you know, dude, we're, here the, we're the guys right. now. What's that? We're the guys now. Like, it's like, yeah. you, you know, like uh, someone said that to me where it's like someone comes into the sport now, like that does, that doesn't have any context. They're going to look at a guy like you or a guy like me. And they're going to say like, Oh, these are the guys who have been doing this forever. But when you're the guy who's been doing it forever, you're still like, I'm still looking at like Hoff and I'm like, he's been doing this for 17 fucking years or whatever. Like I'm nobody, but like right now, especially locally, like you, you know, you've been doing this eight years. I'm, I'm in my ninth year competing. Like we're the guys, you know, we're like, we're the people who have been doing this for a long time. And so it's, I think it's important to have these conversations so people can hear what it's like to be in this stage of your career. Cause a lot of people at this point are already out 
But I think like hearing you say stuff like, yo, I want to hit my biggest numbers when I'm 50. I want to keep doing this. I've done all this other stuff. Like, I think that gives people a lot of hope. So um, it's really cool to hear. I appreciate you coming on. Um, that's all we got for today, guys. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Make sure that you're following my personal page, AnthonyCW13. Uh, the trigger warning page is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate. Uh, and then the gym page is Anchor Athletics NH. Uh, we do day passes. We do all sorts of cool stuff. The meets are fucking crazy. Um, so make sure you follow that. You can see what we're up to. The content that we're posting there is really rad. And then uh, also make sure you click the link in the description of Patreon page. Um, we're doing like weekly uh, evening crew training logs that are fucking sick. Val's been editing them. They're badass. So that's what we got for today. Thanks again for listening to the TWC Stay Hated podcast. And as always, stay hated, motherfuckers.